Athletic. It's uh, that time of the week again. Uh, more largely misguided and often nonsensical metal-related waffle. Uh, it's just me and the holy man this week. Uh, we are we're missing a voice of reason, so hopefully it doesn't get out of hand. But uh, we'll see. Uh, fortunately, though, we're joined by Dan and Alex from uh, Vermin Throne. Uh, come on yeah. to shamelessly plug their wares, basically. Uh, gents, how are you? And uh, welcome to this god awful pit of misery. <laughs> it's an hour yeah. of your life you're never going to get back. <laughs> no, thanks. Honestly, thanks for having us. Very happy to be here. No, absolutely. We're glad to have you. You know, when um, when we were first in touch back last year and, you know, I, I first sort of listened to you guys, I was like, yeah, this, you know, this is kind of up my street and, you know, conversations back and forth. It made sense to get you on. You've got an album out next week and, um, you know, yeah. it's only right to give, try, come on and, and talk about it. So for those who don't know who you are, um, who the fuck are Vermin Throne? You want to go? You want to go, Alex? Mate. I'll go after you. You're the front man. Uh, yeah. So Vermin <laughs> Throne are just five cunts, basically, who make shit music. That's what we like. Uh, but no, nah, five blokes who met on fucking Join My Band a few years ago. We'd make sludge, groove, hardcore. Basically, I like to call it music, uh, the soundtrack to your suicide. That's what I like to think of it as. Nice. So nice, nice, nice easy listening. A bit Straight like. Straight point. Lionel Richie in the same category, I reckon. I, I, yeah, I was, I was more thinking sort of Lighthouse family and yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. I can definitely hear that in the mix. Um, Stuff your man likes. <laughs> but um, no, like I said, what, what I what I heard initially when first got in touch, I really liked, and you know, you've sent us the album. We've had a really good listen to that, and that uh, you guys should be fucking dead proud of that. It's you know, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass either. From what I've heard so far in 2024, it's been one of my favourite releases. So, you know, you, um, yeah, it's uh, it's right up my street. It, it's riffs and it's filthy. It's always going to sort of flick my switch. So, um, yeah, look, and the name Vermin Throne as well. Where did where did, where did that come from? Because yeah, I was going to ask that. It suits the sound. Do you know what I mean? Um, you see that name and you just think, yeah, it's going to be heavy and filthy and sludgy. And who come up with that? It was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? Because we, for about two weeks, we were going to be a doom band and we were thinking of like the formula that you use to create doom band names, like, you know, something to do with weed and something to do with fantasy. So like, you know, fucking bomb druid or something like that. Yeah. And then we, <laughs> like, we decided uh, that we didn't want to go down like the fantasy route. Um, what we were looking like, just looking at loads of like just grim stuff, really. We just wanted it to be like grim but kind of realistic. Um, and then we found what was it called? The Rat King was that what was it called, Dan? Oh, like, yeah, it was, uh, the tail, yeah. And then we just kind yeah. of told them that right like a bunch of rats who it's like a real phenomenon where rats like their tails get uh tangled up together and they basically just form this like massive, disgusting rat. I've so, I've seen this. My 15 year old daughter showed this to me a few weeks back and was was like really proud of it for some reason. <laughs> That's yeah, basically what happens for us when we get drunk, you know, we just fucking refuse together. Yeah, it's not our tails, it's our cocks, but yeah. yeah. So you, you end up like a human centipede then, that kind of fucking... Yeah, you know, but like frontal kind of thing, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if, you, if you want to see Vermin Throne, you know, now's the fucking reason to see that monstrosity <laughs> the after party but we did have a few names originally didn't we we started with death cap was like the first original oh, shit. Yeah, it was, yeah. and then it was um it was like a latin -y sounding one i can't remember what it was yeah oh i can't even fucking remember but it was like the third or fourth name that we fell on that we just agreed and we're like you know when you've been looking in something for so long you just get fed up and like yeah fuck it just this one's gonna stick we're happy with it let's just go um so, yeah, yeah, sometimes you could overthink it, couldn't you? And you try and be a bit too clever. Whereas, like I said, it, it suits the music. It's you know it, that that sort of grubby, grimy, filthy. Mm. Uh, it, yeah, the the image is right, kind of thing. Um, just quickly before we go on, who who's got the who had the veto? Which one of you was was that? Oh, uh, Matt. Okay, that's quite. So yeah. it's not something not something you've all done then. Is some kind of not yet. Uh, I don't know. I think it's I think it's in contention. But there's, uh, Matt's there's, one, there's one fan that's, that's got a tattoo that beat Matt to the punch, which is good. Yeah. That's quite cool, to be um, fair. Yeah. 
pretty sure someone I know is going to get a back piece done for our headline uh, album release show. He's been telling me for months he's going to get a whole back piece done. So that's I mean, you know... his shirt is off within what, like fucking ten seconds into the first. Oh song. yeah, like as he comes into the venue, he's already taken his shirt off to my <laughs> He's a fucking nutter. I got, I got. The, the, those of us who don't take our clothes off in public have got no time for the likes of that. It just <laughs> stays undercover. It's like, yeah, all right, fair enough. You can flaunt yourself, but yeah, I don't even clothes. like taking my clothes off for the shower. So yeah, I, I shower fully clothed. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. Um, so how did you all guys to get together then? How did you all meet? Um, it was I hadn't like hadn't picked up a guitar in ages, and I it was like towards the end of lockdown, and I googled. Um, like join bands in High Wycombe or something like that, like where I live. And I found this website called Join My Band. And Dan had posted like, it really wasn't long before, was it, Dan? It was like fucking like a few days. Yeah. And uh, he put something like, you know, haven't been in the band for a couple of years, want to do like something doobie, sludgy, you know, I'm into these type bands. Well, I Hate God was like one of the main ones, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I hadn't met anyone that liked I Hate God like, until that point. So I was like, Fucking, here's my number. Like, like, give me a ring. And then uh, Dan had already uh, been speaking to the bassist pal, um, who you were going to do something, and then lockdown obviously ruined it, didn't it? Yeah, and then yeah. Matt, uh, Matt answered to the same advert as well, and we got together for a beer and chatted about what we wanted to do, and that was all good. And then we had a few practices, and then Adam, the drummer, responded to the ad as well, and uh, that was it. Yeah. But it was kind of kind of mental thinking about how how much when I look back to like the first like saying that oh I want to be in a band that's like influenced by I Hate God and then less than two years into a band we're supporting I Hate God in our local venue. Nice. So like our uh, our fourth show was Bloodstock. Like this is just fucking ridiculous. Like it's it's to go that high that quick is kind of amazing but also like a little bit of um... how does that happen then so how like how how did like bloodstock put you on the bill did, did, did were you recommended by like another band or something or... Was that uh, we was won... to the masses was it yeah, yeah exactly yeah and it was our first ever show was metal to the masses and we just wanted to play and get a bit of experience whatever and then we won that one and then there's like heats and semi-finals finals whatever and we ended up winning the whole thing, and then yeah, ended up playing at yeah. Bloodstock. That's fucking nuts. I think that I think that that whole new Bloodstage thing at Bloodstock is is brilliant. I've, I've been a few times over the years, been to Bloodstock countless times, but been for the last two years, mm. and in particular in that stage when there's nothing else to do, you know, you can go in there and you're gonna catch something you've never seen before, you never heard before, and mm. it's a great opportunity because before you know it, you could be playing to a couple of thousand people, you know, if if the timing's right. What was the overall experience like though? Did you get a chance to actually get around the rest of the site and do you meet yeah, anyone yeah. while you were there? And we we were lucky because we we played on the Friday, what was it? It was about half five or something like that. Yeah. And um so like we were all shitting ourselves on the Friday, but obviously we could enjoy the Saturday and Sunday once it was all done. Um but yeah, no, it was, it was really, really cool. Um it's very like professional obviously like it's a big festival but like we weren't used to that and it was like you have to be here at this time and your equipment has to be here at this time and you have to whatever do this kind of stuff um so yeah i mean like i said we, we were shitting ourselves and then uh um fucking we, we clashed with exodus and there was an exodus of people in the new blood stage so <laughs> Well, you're gonna say Exodus or a band's like four four fifth gig. Like, come on, I wouldn't go to see us. Like, yeah. fucking Exodus. Yeah, I, I, I was watching Exodus. I must admit. So, um, oh, sorry about that. that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's, it's a great thing, and it's, it must it's obviously worth your while. You must have. Did anybody oh, rec- did anybody recognise you while you were walking around the site over the weekend after playing? Nah. <laughs> We saw we saw a couple of t-shirts, but no, yeah, no one recognised. Yeah, see, that's it. I think if you get across to, to two or three people, it's it's worth it. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, well, you were there that weekend, right? Do you remember how um, insanely hot it was? It, yeah, it was unbearable. Brutal. And I, th- I think quite a lot of people came into the new bar stage just to like get in the shade. So that kind yeah. of did us a few yeah. favors. We yeah. did exactly that. It was, yeah. I, I've never experienced, I've, I've 20 plus years of going to festivals, I've never experienced anything like it. It was, it was horrendous. It was mad. It was like a fucking like, SAS, like, you know, <laughs> trial type thing, like that whole weekend of just trying to survive. Yeah. yeah. yeah One I morning mean, I came out of my tent same. and, um, and, uh, well, the tent that was opposite me was just sort of like in the way of the sun. So there was a shadow. I cl- crawled out of my tent about 7am and went to sleep in that shadow for about two hours until it disappeared. We were like meerkats, like where the little tiny little shadow you get from the gazebo and we were all just like bunched up, moving yeah, a lot. Yeah, it, it, was, yeah it, it was an experience to behold. But um, but no, that's good. That's good that like that early on and you got to play something like that. Would you do it again? The whole Metal to the yeah, Masses thing? Yeah. I don't think you can. I think once you've done it, then you've done it. Yeah. Why? Yeah. yeah why would you do it again? Yeah. Everybody won it. No. Well, I mean, play Bloodstock again. Be yeah. Me. We'd love to play the the Sophie stage next. Hopefully next year. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that gets packed. Out. I mean, for, for again for sort of up and coming bands. I remember catching um, Talk to Demon last year, and um, like they pulled a massive crowd that day, and that kind of exposure you just can't. You yeah. can't buy that kind of shit. So, uh, you know, hopefully. even the Thursday night when they have the bands on there, the Thursday night, like yeah. captive audience, isn't it? You have got everybody. Yeah. 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 I saw Pest Control there this the year just gone, and it was rammed for them. They were fucking good. They were on fire at Bloodstone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were really good. They're going to go a long way. That band, I think. But, but anyway, back to you guys. <laughs> that's more important. Um, any of you in bands before this, or was this kind of like? first go at this or uh yeah Dan was I mean I was in like absolutely dog shit hardcore bands when I was like 16 but like nothing nice. <laughs> I was in um a few hardcore bands like when I was in my early 20s and then fell out of love of the scene more than anything really like it was quite clicky at that time and uh I still still love a lot of the people from it and I still love the music but I think if you fall out with people especially like ex-band members and stuff you can kind of not feel welcome in there if you know what i mean yeah I get a that. little bit of um i don't know animosity even though it's nothing personal um so it's just kind of like yeah can take some time out um i actually kind of started mixing like house music and stuff like that just because oh, i wanted nice. to be doing something music but I couldn't be asked with all the politics of the band you know um like trying to get I mean, even at the moment, trying to get five people in the same place and at the same time is a fucking miracle. And I don't know how we do it so often. But even then, in the hardcore days, when it was like four people, like it was an absolute nightmare, especially when you're that age as well. Like people aren't in proper jobs that like st- stable jobs. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just one of those things, really. But still love my hardcore. I think we're quite good for that, though. Like you said, like we... Well, I remember we did an interview with Bloodstock and someone asked me and Matt, like, oh, how do you deal with, you know, falling out or, like, disagreements and stuff? And we were just like, it hasn't happened. Uh, I can't remember once we've ever even come close to, like, bad words or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I suppose early days yet. But, I mean, I, I guess it's it's almost natural that it would happen at some point. When you, you know, you put five people in a room together, at some point you're going to disagree, aren't you? So it's... I suppose it's just yeah. kind of, you know you deal with it you know if you're close enough friends then you'll you'd work through it but mm. you, you can yeah. see yeah, yeah, yeah. Been together for 20 years end up falling out yeah no fair enough i think a lot of it would, might come from the writing stuff like if someone doesn't like a riff that you've written or something like that but i think we're pretty good at saying that you know if one of us doesn't like a riff or the drums or something we will just say and there's no egos you know we just we're like okay like what, what should we, what should we have a look at then? Yeah, Which that's is fair. that's cool. That's that's cool. But so you guys have come from the hardcore background. I can hear hardcore in in Vermin Throne anyway, and I kind of guess that it gives you an opportunity to cross over into a couple of different, for want of a better term, scenes. It's not always the best, the best terminology, but you you would the sound you've got, you'd be comfortable with on a hardcore bill when you're a metal, yeah. death metal, anything. I can see you having that sort of crossover appeal which should put you in good stead well i think yeah. it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse because 
I think we were talking about this the other day, like say you are just a doom band or you are just a thrash band or whatever, it, it's quite easy to get quite far in the scene because yeah. if someone's like, like thrash and you're a thrash band, cool, they like you. Whereas we're a bit weird and people sort of have to make their own minds up and whether they like us or not. But then, like you were saying, you know, there's the, the blessing part of it is that, you know, we can be on hardcore builds, which we are and are continuing to do so. And we can be on sludgy builds, doomy kind of builds, all, all kinds of weird stuff. Which is but I think I think the thing is, and that we've definitely been able to do this in the album, is our live show is very much hardcore kind of vibe to it. It's not like a... Yeah. Like I, I we're we're intense, we're aggressive, we kind of make it kind of like a how do I say what do you say when you kind of morbid curiosity? Like that's the kind of vibe I want to bring to the show. Like you, you don't want to look, but you kind of can't help yourself from looking. Yeah. So I feel like compared to our EP, which we had to rush out because when we won Bloodstock, we had no tracks. We hadn't recorded anything. So we had to do four songs that we had get it banged out didn't spend a lot of time on polishing the tracks whereas now this i think it's a much more representative of like kind of who we are in a live environment and uh, just a more polished sound yeah let's let's talk about the coal then because like i said we we've heard it we've had it for a while and and i i i think it is a fucking it's it's just a great album and um so in terms of the writing the writing of the songs and the writing the riffs everything like that how do you all come together with it is it all joint effort or does one of you do the bulk of it? How does it all work? We've got a process really where like me or Matt, the other guitarist will write either a riff or like a few riffs or a whole song sometimes. And then we bring it to practice and then the other guitarist will have a look and maybe be like, oh yeah, but why don't you sort of make that faster or slower or something like that? And then Adam, the drummer, will fuck around with some drums and and we'll decide what works and Powell, the bassist, will do the same thing. And then Dan basically just goes away with it. And then the next week he comes back with vocals and then we decide if we like it or not, tweak, and then on to the next one. It's always been that like process. Yeah, it's been yeah. very pretty efficient as well. Like, mm. I mean, what, in the last kind of two weeks we've written one and a half songs pretty much. Yeah. It's pretty, it goes through stages of being like really efficient and then like a little bit of... And we hit a wall. Yeah, we can't get anywhere with a certain idea so we'll just scrap it and then move on to the next one then come back to that later on yeah so yeah no it, it, like i said it's um it, it's, it's it's a very cool album so it's, it's digital really I, I really like the uh so the, the the second track of the album which stood out for me is it always snows in south america yeah the middle part What's that of, all about? The <laughs> yeah the, yeah i was going to say that what kind of snow are we talking about you know um so uh um, yeah, no, some of the riffs in that song are really good. And that, I think regardless of whatever genre you, you want to say, that I think me and Tregenza both think the riffs, it's all about the riffs on this album. And um, yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. And there's a lot of groove there, which that's the thing I really like. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really good job. You know, so, you know, kudos to this man. Yeah, we try and groove everything up as much as I we mean, can. I mean, I, I, I can't lie. I only started listening to the album yesterday. Right? <laughs> um, at least you're honest, guys. No, no, I have, look, listen. Look, I, I am terrible at listening to new stuff. So if I do listen it, to it, new, it, is listen to album, it is a problem. I listen to an album all the way through. That's, that's kind of like high praise indeed. And in fact, part of the reason we started this, this podcast was to force me to listen to anything <laughs> recorded after 1994. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, it's definitely really, it caught, it caught I me. Mean, I had it when I was cleaning and I was like, you know, brushing up and I had to stop and go, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, and then go back. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's high praise like, indeed. Yeah. Um, look, oh, yeah. That, that, that mix of, you know, sort of hardcore grit and, and Sabbathy riffs, it's, um, it, it, it does just work. My particular one is the way the album finishes, Feral, the last riff on the end of that song. I do love an album finisher. You know, some bands will just, the last track will be just a bit of fucking tack it on the end. But I've always got a lot of time for an album finisher and that will stick that song. It it just rounds off the album and it sounds like it will be a great one live as well because it's you just a big old fucking riff on the end. It's the first song we ever wrote. And oh, really? I, okay. When I was still trying to be a doom band. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. Dan really likes the end. I, I, I like the end as well, but um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? That track. Yeah, I think it feels very old for us in our like. Yeah, I suppose we played it many times. We wanted to have it on the album because it was part of our identity a little bit, and we managed to make and make it a little bit more like our current stuff. Like it was a lot slower before, and it didn't really have a proper ending. But we've managed to like groove it up a little, make it a little bit more like us for the album, and we're really happy with kind of how it turned out and how it's evolved from being the first song that we ever wrote and jammed. Really. Yeah, I, I can see it as a as a set closer type thing all day long because that riff on the end is just fucking yeah. Like Padre said, it just kind of makes you sort of sit up and take notice. And I've always always loved that. I I do love an ending riff. You know, you go back to things like Davidian and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, sometimes you just can't beat that. Yeah, really interesting to hear that. Outros are one thing, but like I was, you know, it made me think like what I like is a good intro as well. I'm not talking about a song. I'm actually just talking about like a, like thirty second. One minute thirty second. So like the one I've got in mind is, do you remember like the intro of Schizophrenia by Sepultura? Like that's that's dying up. We need more of that. I think. I don't know what you guys think. I can't record Schizophrenia. I don't. All I can hear is like, uh, rap. I can never fucking say it. One of the other Sepultura songs. We fucking saw them last year, Dan. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. They're all like Brazilian names and, and haven't got them. Oh, you mean that's it, Ratamahata? Oh, there you go. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. But it was a it was a thrash thing, wasn't it? To have like your acoustic-y kind of intro and it and it sort of, you know, then goes into No, the no, like the, the intro on schizophrenia is it's like no vocals, one minute thirty, and they used to just open the live show with it. It's right, just, okay. It's, yeah, it's, I... it's not acoustic. That's what I'm saying, like you know, little things like that. I mean, you've got you've got other shittier examples, like um, what was it, Terror in Tinseltown on Doctor Feelgood by Motley Crue. But yeah, let's let's, let's not bring Crue into the conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Too um, far, but... I, I can't really think of any others. We were fucking around with an intro last night, maybe Dan, of that new one. It was way longer than our normal intros, and it was like two guitars, not even drums, for like yeah, thirty seconds. Unusual for us, but that's good. Like you want to keep it new and different, don't you? But still retain your own sound. Like you don't want to be writing the same fucking songs over and over again. And I think that's another thing. Like it's given us a lot of freedom by just doing what we want to do and not being like we're a sludge band, we're a doom band, we're a hardcore band. Like we're all of them things in parts. And being able to have that freedom means if we write a riff, if we write a song, we fucking like it. We like it, and it's our song. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see how it's something fast-paced would e- equally work just as much as anything else. And, and breakdowns, you, you've you got a formula going, I think. It's, you've yeah. fucking nailed it. You know what I mean? I mean, some of the other bands that we've we've had on the pod, like, for example, we, we spoke to Tailgunner last year. And they were saying they don't they don't like being labelled by certain groups. Like, they, they know, they're, just, they're just a heavy metal band. And I think some of the other bands we've spoken to, they're not they don't really love the idea of just being labelled something and then having to be almost like beholden to that because what you were saying about like the scene being cliquey and it comes with its own kind of set of inherent rules that you've got to sound this way or you've got to look this way and it just it it, it becomes more of a curse than anything else so the fact that you guys have any different influences I can see that I can see that must be liberating yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if, if you have rules and you you follow them, and then people like you, is because you know you are thrash bands and you play fast and you whatever. It's just a it's a not a cheap way of sort of getting further, but it's um, I feel like it's a bit of a cop out, just sticking religiously to one subgenre of metal, when in fact you know most of us or almost all metal fans don't only like one subgenre of metal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, while you're on that, then are we, I know this this sort of goes back, but are either of you two Metallica fans? Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so what are your stance? Because you talk about that, like sticking to to one trick, which a lot of bands have done. A lot of bands have done it really well. But if there's one band that that do create that that complete marmite opinion, it's it's Metallica. So, where do you two stand on on the way they went from Justice to Black Elm and Load and all that kind of shit? So. It, just just completely changing up their sound that mm. a and b what did you think of 72 seasons just curious 
Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of 72 seasons. I didn't hate it or anything. It just didn't. It's like, you know, if, I, if I'm going to listen to Metallica, I'm going to listen to, you know, Ride the Lightning, Killable Puppets, whatever. I just wouldn't choose to put 72 seasons on, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it does make sense. It's just interesting to hear because we, we loved it, 72 seasons, but it's always, it's it, even now it still generates conversation and opinion. I'm always curious to know what people sort of think about their, their whole shift in, in sound. I think the shift in sound is brilliant. I mean, you know, obviously like Black Album is totally different to the first two albums mm. and then like Load and Reload, which I wasn't the biggest fan of, um, but different as well. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you can't have a career as long and successful as Metallica just doing one thing. And not everything they do is going to appeal to everyone. You know, you can't be all things to all men. That's, that's absolutely fine. But they've got some fucking bangers from the beginning through to like where they are in their career now. Fair place to them. You see, I, I thought like even Death Magnetic, I, I was, I really enjoyed Death Magnetic. I thought that was a pretty fucking good album. I love Death Magnetic. Yeah, well, yeah, Unforgiven un- 3 when that builds up, like fucking love that. Yeah, yeah. What, what's your favorite Metallica album? Look, it, it, it always going to be between Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets, and it always, it all, I think a lot of it depends on mood. Sometimes I put Ride the Lightning on and just think, this is the greatest fucking metal album that's ever been made. It comes in hard. Yeah, yeah, it's a really hard one. Can you imagine banging out something like that when you're 22, 23 years old, though? Yeah, it's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've, I've, I've got a lot of, um, I've got a lot of love for uh, Cliff, and just, I, I would have loved to have seen at least one more album with Cliff on it, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm the same as Trigenza. It's, it's Ride the Lightning or Puppets, but then again, I've got a lot of time for Kill 'Em All and, um, Justice as well. And again, like you know, I, I, we, we've got. One of my my mate who got me into metal all these years ago, he, he to this day he says Justice for All is almost like metal art. It's like it, it it's a it's a it's a piece of artwork. The whole thing, the music, the the aesthetic, the the lyrics, everything. I mean the the intricacy of it. Um, so that I mean that's got. I mean I I I really like listening to Justice for on vinyl. I think it sounds much better on vinyl than it does on anything else. Um, like what other what other um what other bands do you usually listen to? Like what what were the bands that kind of got you into into um what you do now? Do you know what my favorite band at the moment is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards. <laughs> I, fucking, I fucking love King Gizzard, man. In Can't the in the twenty five minutes we've been doing this, they've released two albums. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, my music taste is so varied, honestly. Like yeah, it is. From hip hop to dance music to fucking heavy like Gulch is one of my favorite bands like if you haven't checked out Gulch it's really ho- horrible to listen to but I love it like proper screeching yeah really good and the Gulch drummer is now the vocalist for Drain and Drain oh, is okay. yeah, fucking yeah, huge yeah. now so I mean they played they're playing Ali Pali with is it Neck Deep or someone like that I yeah see. they are yeah I saw that so, saw that fair play to them Pretty mental, yeah. Um, what other bands have I been into? It's just a classic metal bands, really. Lamb of God has always been a big one for me. Mm, Brandy Blythe, fucking Wadji. I'm trying to think of ones that like we all like, like things that kind of brought us together. Like we all like I God, we all like Nail Bomb, we all Down, like Pantera. Down. Yeah, Pantera, yeah. That's um, where we kind of get our groove from, right? Like Down and yeah, yeah. Crowbar. Yeah, being Jimmy Bauer, like the sort of groovy riff king, was was pretty special. Um, so I think we borrow from both I Hate God and Down. I mean, I know he plays drums and Down, but from that guitar kind of stuff quite heavily. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah no, I, I don't know. Look, you can, can hear it music, but there, going back to, riff, um... there was a riff earlier. I can't remember which song when I was listening to the album. There was a riff on one of the songs. I can't remember the, which song it was, but I kind of again I stopped. I thought it reminds me of Corrosion of Conformity. Oh, nice. Yeah, we we saw a bit of them, didn't we, Dan, at uh, Desert Fest last year? Yeah. Um, the electric ballroom. The sound was dog shit. So yeah. I think we did, a, we did an episode. That's what put me off we did going. An episode I mean, the other week, didn't we, on nineteen ninety four? Yeah. Like me and Trigger yeah. both said that one of the best albums of ninety four was Deliverance. 
Yeah, fair. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a massive COC fan. I've only ever seen them once, and I'm I'm kind of happy to leave it there. And you're right, the the ballroom. I didn't go to Desert Fest last year, and that place a, is a horrible shaped venue anyway. And yeah, more often than not, the sound is shit. So I'm kind of glad I missed that. That's a bit. Yeah, the sound wasn't great, was it? Who we saw um, Church of Misery on before them. They were good. God, I need to see Church of Misery. I fucking love that band. Oh. I saw it twice last year. They supported I Hit God, didn't they? They did, yeah. Yeah, that was fucking wicked. I was fucked. (laughs) (laughs) That was was a a long train journey back. Um, You're coming into a a, a British metal scene at the minute that's like flying. There's so much great music in this country at the minute, which I suppose on one hand, it can be tough to sort of break into, you know, into all of that. But at the same time, so many people putting on gigs. There's, you know, everybody's playing shows everywhere. There's loads of these little regional areas popping up all over the place that are putting on shows. You know, like like for instance, your release show is at Crawford Arms, isn't it? Milton Keynes. Yeah. That venue's becoming really quite pivotal for a lot of bands. So many bands are going through there. So mm. what do you think about the current metal scene in this country and, and some of the bands that are doing their things? For me, it's just fucking great the way it is at the minute. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the Crawford Arms, like you said, has been quite pivotal for bands. Like you get bands that are way bigger than the Crawford. I think what Crawford's about three hundred, isn't it, Dan? Something like that. Two seven five caps, like yeah. They had the municipal waste there last year, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, just being able to see those bands in that kind of um, in that crowbar kind of, there, I think it's yeah. on in like a couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's on the the scene. I mean, we're pretty lucky that we've got the Crawford and things like that. And obviously we're not far from London. Um, I don't know what you think, Dan, but... There's loads. I mean, there's so many bands over even like the past five years, isn't there? Like if you think about um, Condra, um, like loads of bands that, I mean, I remember in my my hardcore days playing with like Ithaca and um, Venom Prison in a venue that it was the Crawford Arms and there's probably like less than 100 people there. And now you have these bands touring America and stuff like yeah. that. And it just shows like, you know, how much talent there is. And I think it's also an advocate for just sticking to, to it. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes it's just about making yourself established in the scene before you really do break through. And if it's not on your first album, it could be on your second, it could be on your third, you know. And um yeah, it's kind of kind of amazing to see them bands that I remember in a small cap, smaller cap venue with not full of people and they're now like selling tours in fucking America and shit like that which is just nuts to me I think like, I even think like bands like Green Lung and shit like that like yeah, absolutely yeah, they're, they're on they're massive. on they? they're going up definitely yeah. oh yeah they're, I think they've got an American tour with uh, in the in the works because they're now they're signed to was it Nap- Napalm they're on one of the uh, they're, on nuclear, they're on Nuclear Blast Nuclear Blast that's yeah, it yeah yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so they're yeah, they're just going to keep on going yeah, um, massive. I think you you have to enjoy doing the toilet circuit, and because you know you might be doing it for years before something good, or you know even if anything good happens, like in general, like even what's it? Yeah, even in the last year we've done like. Do you remember that gig in? Um, oh, it's not toilet circuits, DIY. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. DIY shows. Well, that one in Stoke where it was just like at the back of like a tiki bar and there was like one of those industrial freezers that like opens up you know um not the stand-up ones like the lying down ones and the band before us like the bloke was he had a really long cord for his microphone he was like in the toilet at one point just screaming his head off and like and you have to enjoy it's all about love, i love that shit though do you know what i mean it just yeah you have to yeah if you don't enjoy that there's no point doing it yeah exactly and, and you remember that particular thing so you know, before you know it, ten years down the line, that band could be playing to ten thousand people, and yeah, you know that's why people twice, twice need to get out the to these local shows. Absolutely, yeah. You know, yeah. it's um, it's yeah, it's a difficult time at the moment as well, though, for venues like yeah, massive you know, costs bands overhead to going up, which is then forcing ticket prices up, which is then making people not be able to like afford to go to see yeah. bands, and it's just a big fucking cesspit of fucking shit. Uh, and it's affecting from probably like the top, well, probably not fucking people like Ticketmaster, but you know what I mean? Like people, venues, yeah. bands, you know, mm-hmm. like I remember reading recently about um, 
about a Reddit thread about which I forget which band it was, but they were talking about I think it was Kurukoma or I, don't know if I always forget how you say the name Kurukoma, one of the slush bands, and they toured uh, Europe and the overheads that I mean they lost money on the tour even though they yeah. played like Brutal Assault Festival yeah, and they played other things when it's like the van and the the van and the driver and all that stuff they like end up losing I think it's like a thousand pound or something down it's crazy. even like the merch and stuff and it's like it's well, not yeah. really a job anymore is it it's not really a career it's a hobby that you spend more money than you make and I think until you get as big as these bands that are playing arenas or academies that's all it's going to be and if you're expecting more then you're just going to be disappointed and you can only be pleasantly surprised if you go any further than that but it really is only like the top top like I remember I was talking to Alex from Gate Creeper at Bloodstock, and he was saying, <coughs> "Excuse me," he was saying um, that they're out. I think it was like nine months of the year on tour, something mental like that. Yeah, and like they just played main stage at Bloodstock, and he had this like little laminated card thing, and he didn't know where he was the next day. So he was at Brutal Assault the next day, and he was like, "Oh fuck, I'm in fucking." That's, that's a long journey overnight isn't it that's... yeah i know but the thing that really got me we, we were chatting for ages and the thing that really got me was that he was saying when he gets back to arizona um they not and not just him all of them like they they work they have other jobs yeah yeah like, fucking hell like you're on like main stage and you know you're touring and stuff it's like i couldn't believe it absolutely couldn't believe it it is it's it's mental and you see places like boom in leeds for instance which is again is another like quite iconic yeah. venue and so many bands play there, yet they're having to have benefit shows to stay open. Mm. They had Converge play there recently, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did a fucking that benefit show. Fucking from what I saw. You know, but if, if they're having to do things like that just to keep the fucking place open, something's very wrong. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, it, Where's the money going? And, and you know, if you want to get, if you want to see Tregenza get animated, just mention merch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, merch cuts. Yeah. yeah. Well, the O2 Academy is pretty yeah. scammed yeah, no, right there, like on the West. It's it's just fucking disgraceful. I mean, I think, um, I can't even remember who I was talking to, but some of them up to 40%. Bloodstock had a good system for merch. I think it was, um, it was just like a flat fee, wasn't it, Dan? It, really, it wasn't much. It was like 40 quid or something. And then it's like, and we will just sell your merch for you for the weekend. That's quite cool. At least you know where you stand with that. That's yeah, it's not a percentage cut. It's just like a yeah. flat fee for them. To and if mind. they're doing it for you, that that kind of yeah. makes sense. You know, they're not just taking a cut for the sake of taking a cut, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. in the O2 academies, they had people that wouldn't let them use their own merch people and stuff. Right? They like refused and then took a large cut. Was it Architects or someone that straight up refused to sell merch at? I forget there was some band and they were just like, we're not selling much because of X, Y, and Z. But it just, people miss out then. I mean, look, you see quite a few bands these days that will like sell it in a pub down the road or, or off the back of their own van yeah. or something like that. But well, that's what I hate God did at Bloodstock because they, when they come on stage, they said, we will never let anybody take any money from us to sell our merch. And they were like, come and find us in our tour van after pretty much. So, look, if you, if fucking old you can stand pubs, by you know I mean, like, Fair play, you know, but... Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I think they're a band that's very much about their principles, right? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the 90s, and they've yeah. been part like, fucking... That kind of mentality, yeah. so respect for them, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Up to that. Completely fair play to them, but it's... um, Yeah, it is, it is something that irks me when I walk into a venue and it's 35 quid for a fucking T-shirt, and you just know that only a couple of quid of that is actually going in a band's pocket. It's, it's criminal. Mm. Can't fucking stand it, but this is the world we live in, unfortunately. And and like Padre said, the money is going somewhere. Mm. Someone, yeah, yeah. someone is making money. Like like I say, the O2 venues, especially when you're paying 40, 50 quid a ticket in the first place, someone is making money somewhere. Unless you go and see some of it is like. Do you, do you remember the Crawford Dan when um they did that post about um their electric gas electricity bill? I can't remember the figures, but it was like, it was fucking ridiculous what it went up to. Yeah. It like, in, it like truly insane, like how the fuck are you still open kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's where it's going. Like maybe, I don't know. If it is, that's really shit because that's, you know, no no one in, in the industry is making money. If it's all going in the pocket of fucking energy companies, that's 10 times yes. worse. Than fucking <laughs> the petrochemical cunts that he's 
making money out of. <laughs> when I saw Kiss in Birmingham, they're making a lot of money on merch. Like, yeah, yeah but quid, how about double that, like, for a T-shirt? Like, that, why, don't you, why don't you tell everyone how much you paid for your ticket for Kiss? Uh, I paid a fiver. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was it was it one of those where they just wanted to fill seats? Yeah. Nice. It was, yeah. Just oh. I was like It was like last minute. I saw a bit of them at downloads the the previous year, but then I end up in Electric Wizard and I was a bit fucked up and I don't really remember much of Electric Wizard parts. <laughs> Some guy comes up to me, he's like, Yeah man. He's like, he was off his face. He's like, cocaine's the devil. You want some weed? And I'm like, okay. And then he just went off into the crowd. And I never saw him again. <laughs> that was my experience of the first time seeing Electric Wizard. And uh, yeah, that was a story. And then because I didn't see all of Kiss, I was like, yeah, fuck it, Fiverr. And it's actually one of my favorite gigs I ever went to. Oh, no, mate, it's, it's a fucking incredible show, isn't it? Oh, mate, yeah. It's just like... Wild. It's not serious at all. Like, you know, it's just like rock and roll in it. Like... I'm a huge fan of Dad Rock, and I fucking hope ACDC announced tour on Monday. Monday, innit? Yep. Yeah, I see. Oh, that. mate. That's what I grew up on ACDC, Zeppelin, uh, Sabbath, Jesus Priest, you know, Pig Floyd. That's kind yeah, of. No, no, that, that's, that's a five or well spent on Kiss. I saw him in 2017, 2016, I think, and that was 80 quid a ticket, and it was still money well spent. So, yeah. You know, that fair play. Um, hey, back to you guys. Fucking going off on tangents <laughs> does happen on this podcast, unfortunately. Um, what's what's the plans now? Then the album comes out uh, as this podcast will drop. The album will be out in a few days on the sixteenth of February. You drop that. You got your album release show in uh, in MK. What's the plan then for the rest of the year? You want to get out, just play a fuckload of shows, or get festivals? What's the what's the idea? All the above, really, isn't it? Like, yeah. I think the plan is. We've already got quite a few shows in the pipeline for places we've never played before, so we're really looking forward to like spreading our wings. Um, in in that sense, just whatever gets thrown at us, really. We're hoping to get a little bit of momentum following the album. As I mean, we only have what, five tracks out at the moment. I mean, four tracks, uh, old ones, yeah, before, yeah, four old tracks, and then the one single from the album. So we're essentially like tripling the amount of tracks. So hopefully, people get a proper sense of who we are once it comes out. and we're there's demand for us to want to play places because you know we're always willing to fucking turn up mm. be miserable do our thing and make people leave without a smile on their face you know i think um they're, they're smiling on the inside though yeah <laughs> yeah that, yeah you, you yeah fed, you fed their souls um, i think we're a little bit unlucky with the timing because i think in terms of festivals they're largely booked up by now yeah but I think, this year yeah 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 but i think the, the album like the, the production on it is phenomenal. Um, we were so, so lucky to work with Tom Dring. He's worked with so many amazing bands. And I think, you know, whether the songs are shit or not, like the production is still really good. So they're definitely I, not shit, mate. It would be cool. I'd love to maybe um, jump on a tour with like a bigger band in the scene that's willing yeah. to take us on. Like, and you know, I, just whatever you throw at us, man. I'll fucking take it and chew it and spit it out again. Like, totally up for it. And that's that's all you can do, isn't it? You, you put yourself out there, and like you say, it's just all about breaks. I mean, you know, Crowbar about to go out, and they take in in human nature out with them, and and that's yeah. just, that's the sort of thing I really like to see. It's, you know, the country you're in, take out a band from that country, and it gives them that exposure. And yeah, mm. you you never know what's around the corner, kind of thing. So, in human nature, fucking awesome as well. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I heard it. Just recording a second album, or is it third? Because they had the, the second full length, wasn't it? Full length, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've had we've had we had Chris on here quite a long time ago, and I, I talked to him quite a lot. And um, yeah, fucking great band. So it's um yeah. again it's like that new wave, new wave fresh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Wave. And that it all gets compared to Power Trip, doesn't it, and things like that these days. But that's that's kind of the go to. But you know what? Fuck it. If if it's good, riffs, it's good. It's it's good, good songs, it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. Um, you guys heard of a band called Lowest Creature? Yeah, oh man, yeah, I've got Lowest Creature merch, yeah. Swedish, right? Fucking great, but we've had them on twice and, and they are just fucking wicked. The, the album last year was a banger. We stumbled on them, basically, we, on the previous album and then we just fucking, we fell in love with them, didn't we, Padre? Just just such a great fucking band. And oh, I, 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 really I, great I guys actually, as well. I'm, I'm a, I've, I'm, I've just turned into a complete Lowest Creature fanboy. 
Um, the song Sacrilegious Pain is, the, is probably responsible for getting me out into actually go, oh, oh, new music, oh, some good stuff out there. No. Um, I just remember being being in the in the in the staff room at work, the teachers' room, just at like nine in the morning, with the volume on my Bluetooth speaker turned right up, and people are like, "What the fuck is that noise?" I'm like, "Shut up, it's Lowest Creature. They're really good, sharp." Yeah. Um. But yeah, that yeah, them they're, they're definitely worth checking out. I'd love to see them the come new I've um yeah look I I've I've already tried to book them um oh really yeah they're they're with um stronger bookings now and I've I've tried they're not planning to come here yet but it is it is in the, the thinking over the next kind of like twelve months so maybe we can do a gig swap fucking Berman Frank go over to is it Gothenburg is it or, or uh, I think, yeah are they Gothenburg no they I think they moved they were from the north and I think they moved down to Stockholm the base oh, right. so you know, to get more opportunities. Yeah. But, but the Swedes have got the right idea. There's, you know, we we've talk, we talk about Sweden quite a lot and having Lois Creature on kind of helped help to sort of dive into how they do things. They, over they, there. they were telling you, us... You get fucking government grants for rehearsal space. Yeah, they, 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 were, tell, they were telling us that their, I think it was their local council, there was like a kind of a disused warehouse or an industrial complex. Yeah, that was and it. the local council just bought it and just turned it into a rehearsal space for bands, and they did. They don't. I don't. I didn't think they had to. They had to pay a very, very small subsidized amount for sort of rent space and storage and everything. Mm. And um, yeah, the, again, like the government grants they get. Arts, the Arts Council grant, wasn't it? it? Yeah, the Swedish government views it that I think their music scene now is is quite a high percentage of their GDP, so it is an investment. Really? Um, so it's. I can't think of any many more Swedish current Swedish bands. In Flames, Swedish. Yeah, in Flames are Swedish, but yeah. they, they you have, have to be careful because you could you mind. could literally like offend a, like one whole Scandinavian <laughs> country by saying one's Danish when they're Swedish or you know Finnish when they're Norwegian. Like, no, you know, yeah, the, the black metal fans. The the, the Swedes are a, a completely different animal i think when it comes to when it just comes to metal there's you know you're at the you're in flames you're at the gates you're haunted fucking yeah. and even now, like said, bands like lowest creature they, they've always got a i mean scene, you know, when when in the winter you get like one hour of sunlight that's pretty pretty like inspired Grim. stuff right yeah. you know what i mean yeah i might just lock okay. myself in a room in the summer for like 23 hours and see how i see how i fucking write just, it's just love, it? like entombed candlemas Opeth, uh, Meshuggah. Yeah, yeah. Meshuggah Swedish. It's it's an endless list. Yeah, Meshuggah. What's a, they're not a big population. No, yeah, they're small than the size of London, right? Small, small than the London population. I think population-wise, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, London, crazy. about ten million. But between Sweden and Finland, they kind of got a you know a, a huge monopoly on like per head of capita. It's you know metal band per. Hundred people, kind of thing. It's it's a crazy number. So they're obviously doing. We were talking about where to do like a non-UK tour. It might be worth. I was going to ask you about that. Actually, getting outside of the UK was obviously harder yeah. now than it would have been five well, years ago. I do have family in Sweden that could maybe uh, help us out, but I don't know. I stopped chatting to actually a band in Sweden called. Do you know what? My memory's not the best in this because, yeah, because of reasons. So I'm not going to say it publicly, <laughs> but uh, yeah, chance to abandon. Um, there's a lab label out there that's pretty cool that I also forget the name from, but they said that they could potentially try to help us out in a gig swap. So watch out, Sweden. We're going to come and be mm -hmm. shit there too. Now let's get get fucking lowest creature involved. If we get them over here, then. Uh... And whatever we can do to help that would be fucking great. But it's getting out getting out into Europe, I think, getting onto festivals and things like that would be would be huge, wouldn't it, for a for a British band. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of overheads now compared to before. Yeah. That's the only problem. I don't want to go too much into uh, politics and Brexit because yeah, I can't get into yeah, it anymore. Yeah. It stresses me out too much yeah, thinking we'll, about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll we'll be able to <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 a shame. Even but even for the for the the bigger bands now they coming over from the us and whatnot some of them are making that choice between touring the uk or touring europe it's not both yeah. it's one or the other and it sucks it really does yeah but i suppose that's the world we live in well, my, my my wife is canadian and uh when you when you actually deal with 
the immigration system in the UK, right? I have to I, I actually I have to earn a minimum amount in order to my wife to qualify for a visa. So unless you unless you um uh and and it, and it that affects where you need to live then and it's just it's ridiculous and it's like it actually penalizes people like me who are like just normal every day I want to move back to the UK with my wife and I can't. So it's just... well, we're trying our hardest not to let you back in. That's 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 yeah. yeah we... I know. We all signed a petition. Yeah. At some point, though, you're going to need me. You need me. You're going to need no, me don't. to come back. And I'll be like, you know, kind of like the, the way I picture it is like I'm like, you know, Gandalf returning, and everyone's like, fuck, thank fuck that he's back. Yeah, no, you, never, you never know if you stay in Saudi Arabia long enough. If you stay in Saudi Arabia long enough, you might end up fighting Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, true. Yeah, that'll I'm be a payday. That'll sort you out. I'd yeah, like to see. Of, you know, come back with a load of. Uh, I would like to see followers. that. Um, just a, a few kind of sort of cliche questions, and really, because you know, why not? Um, <laughs> who, who would you like to tour with over anybody else given the opportunity, how, no matter how big or small? Do they have to be a current band? No, nah, no, nah, not at all. Someone comes along and you know, even a big reunion tour, something like that, 30 dates around Europe. We want you to come and support. Who would it be? Probably like Sabbath in the 70s or the 80s, like, <laughs> but you're not asking much, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Current band, I fucking Snowblind. I'd say he'd all yeah. fucking love. I think we'd <laughs> <laughs> we would suit it. I'd absolutely love to tour with Malevolent. I think yeah, shows look absolutely mental. I've seen them only once at Bloodstock. Um, was it twenty two? I think it was. Yeah, but yeah, maybe Malevolent for me. I think I can well, see that. Yeah, I can see that working definitely. They were sick live. Really, really, really sick. Absolutely um, mental. Pet peeves in metal. Gatekeeping, really. Like, just let people... And also people that are like, I fucking love Taylor Swift, yeah, but I also love fucking music where they talk about fucking killing themselves and doing drugs and all this other shit. Like, you can like what you like. You don't have to like shit just because someone tells you that you have to like it. Like, who gives a fuck, man? Like, Taylor Swift, great songwriter. Like, yep. you're allowed to dislike something. You're allowed to like it. Just don't... Sure. Make people explain themselves, like you know. Like, I, don't know I don't get that. Like the other thing that gets me, it's totally different. Is like, re and I suppose this is a podcast. So people can't see me, but like really shit, weak, like rock hands when people go like that. <laughs> just fucking do it or shit. don't. Shit, shit when people go like that. So I, he, he just basically hates people with arthritis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it gets on my nose when you, people are doing that. And they've got nothing to do with metal. That 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 bugs me. It's like you know. Yeah, it's it's just become a bit of a of a of a nothing symbol, isn't it? It's almost you know. I, I don't know. I prefer a fist more than any, not in that way. <laughs> oh, I prefer two. <laughs> well, if you can get both in, then why the fuck not? But, um, is it the sunflower or something? Whoa, what? <laughs> is that not it? The sunflower? Yeah, that's oh, the fuck it now. No. No. <laughs> I've got, I, yeah, I've got work tomorrow now, none of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. We can play like the Muppets, like. <laughs> um, look, I, I'm, I'm fully with you on, on gatekeeping, but Taylor Swift, have you watched the documentary? The, uh, I think it's a Netflix documentary on Taylor That's Swift. About the Americana one. I think so, yeah. Like, talking about, like, influencing votes when Trump was in. Yeah, yeah, all that, yeah. all that's in there, yeah. She's just a, at the end of the day, she's just a girl that was like in the, in the fucking system from a young age. And now everybody hates her because it's popular to hate her. Like, you know. Sorry, how does she influence votes? Oh, it's so it, it wasn't influencing votes. Basically, there was some um, LGBTQ vote in Supreme Court. And she was like kind of telling people to vote yes or no, depending on what the good option was, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. But. There was a little bit of that in it, just yeah. It was but one say, of those situations now, like... where she was like, she she always made, she always actively stayed away from having strong opinions, didn't she? And like one thing she got involved with, and all of a sudden she's the the fucking the enemy kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, pretty Terrible. much. It's crazy when you read about. I can't believe you're talking about Taylor Swift, but yeah, she's uh when she goes to places, she increases their like GDP by like up yeah, to five yeah. percent or something. I saw that. Bad. In yeah, one I, show, I, like I, crazy. No, I, I'm I, familiar I, I, with that. That could be you. I, 
I, I usually increase the GDP value of any country. Oh, I, I usually do so, yeah. The price of oil has gone through the fucking floor. So actually, you stay there and petrol's a bit cheaper. So yeah. that would probably yeah, No, out. that's... that. The, the, where I am now, they're, they're moving past oil, okay? They're, they're trying to get the World Cup. You know, it's, it's everyone's loving it, mate. Trust me. Uh, I, I I don't care. I'm, I'm an electric wanker now, so it doesn't matter anymore. It's, oh, fuck off. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm a diesel wanker who just failed his MOT today. Nice. Always pleasant. <laughs> Always pleasant. But the family diesel wagon's got an MOT next week, so I, I feel your pain. It's going. <laughs> um, yeah, in, in, enough of um, enough of Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, frustrate frustrations about being in a band. I mean, you may not have come across it because you know you, you've been together sort of three or four years. But the fr- the main frustrations of being in a band and, and not maybe not getting and achieving the things you want to achieve. What pisses you off? We've only been together two years, so we haven't been. Um, together enough for each other to piss us and um, for each other to piss each I other. I think that one of the things that pisses me off and this probably goes like all ways and I think it's just part of being in like an industry or a scene is like sometimes like lack of communication from either promoters or oh, fuck, just, yeah, just not word. hearing back from like people out of courtesy and it's understandable these people probably get thousands of emails but it's just an irk really like especially when you spend a lot of time trying to network with people and um I've never known anything like it. I've never known people to be so, um, you know, unresponsive and like just not unprofessional. We're like rude, basically. Um, That's mad. Yeah. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that though. Within, you know, as cliched as it sounds, within the metal scene, we're all supposed to be this big family and all that kind of thing. There's a lot of metal bands though. How like I, I always think I know most bands in the scene, and then I see like a thousand bands comment on a post or something and I'm like, yeah, I've yeah. heard of any of these. So it must be pretty tiring as a promoter or as a, you know, as a journalist or something. You have to stand out and you have to make it worth their time as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you sell yourself when there's a hundred other people selling yourself? How do you, how do you go different? And how do you make it worth their time? Because at the end of the day, we could get a gig in the middle of Mongolia. Nobody's going to turn up. Do you know what I mean? So it's not yeah. worth the, so you know, um, yeah, and also that is the most annoying part for sure. Yeah, that's probably the most annoying part, but it's it's a small it's a small arc really in the bigger picture. Like these things just come with time and with reputation, really. We still get to play loads of shows, I and mean, we've got yeah. what, ten booked in already for the year, something like that. Quite so. a few, yeah, loads to announce. To be honest, that we're just waiting on posters yeah. and announcement dates and stuff. So. Yeah, look forward that's, to that's, it. That's good. That's what you got. Really is busy it, this is year. Is it hard to balance it with normal life? Are you, you finding that difficult yet? I see my girlfriend less than I did. <laughs> Maybe before the band started, to be honest. Yeah, she, she, she's got to the point now where she expects me to be busy on bank holiday weekends because usually that's when gigs are put on, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, this I think this August, she's like, I guess you're away for this August doing band stuff. And I'm like, yep. And she's like, hate you. I'm like, hate you too. <laughs> is, she into, is she into the same music? No. Ah, okay. She is not into metal at all. She. Ah, right. Okay. Sometimes when we, because we both work from home mostly, and uh, she can hear me with the headphones on. She's like, "What the fuck are you listening to? It just sounds like someone's getting murdered." And I'm like, "Yeah, pretty much. Like that's gulch, you know. Like, uh, but she likes. I don't know why we're fucking talking about her now. This is nothing to do with her. But King of <laughs> Wizard and all that. Talk about whatever you want, mate. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah, want to get we're quite lucky in like balancing it. Like, well, apart from that, we all work like Monday to Friday, so weekends like we're yeah. and things like that, that. That you know, our schedules are like pretty similar. That's quite nice. I suppose yeah. that that kind of puts you in a position where you're you're also fighting with everybody else in the same boat, aren't you? Everyone's looking for weekend gigs, and that's where the promoter knows they're going to sell more tickets because it's on a Saturday night. And yeah, yeah, but then we we said like. We got off of the gig recently, and I won't say where it is because I don't want to be rude, but it was on um, a Sunday, and um, we'd like known some other bands that like played at this place, and just fucking no one goes. And we just thought, we're going to be picky now. Like, we're yeah. not going to take. So basically, of course, we're not only ever going to do Friday and Saturday gigs, but I swear, like, most of the ones we've got lined up down, they're all Fridays and Saturdays, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, some, but, Sundays bring back the old fucking Sunday hardcore matinee kind of show and, and the, do that yeah. instead and I think you get more probably we get did one in Cambridge do you remember that one Dan in, on a Sunday we played at like fucking three o'clock in the afternoon or something yeah it was random really random you know? 
it's 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 an old school thing. Um yeah, look, it's uh the album, like I said, let's let's go back to the album just quickly. Give yourself a you know, the last kind of plug for it. It's out on February 16th, so in a few days from this. Um coming out on CD, you've got a physical release with it as well. Uh yeah, I've got it here in front of me. There you go. <laughs> I sat on this fucking thing yesterday at practice <laughs> and I've already ruined the digipack. So this is one of one. This is like the coin that had the queen's face fucked on it. Like <laughs> you know what I mean. Any um any thoughts about getting it on vinyl? I know it costs a fucking fortune, but would you would you want to? If there was interest. If there's interest, we'd do it, yeah. Definitely, yeah. But like when you're looking at quotes and it's like minimum run of what, like two hundred and fifty or something and or hundred minimum run and that's like already nearly a thousand pounds and you're like yes. I don't want to be stuck with like 90 vinyls in my house because 10 people buy them. It's like fucking sitting on gold. That's not worth anything. Do you know what I mean? Tough on that. I, th- but- I don't know. I think, I, th- I think the way things are going at the minute, you only need to build a, a, a relatively small reputation and vinyl, you'll, you'll shift. You think? You know, it's, 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 it's mad the way it is at the moment. I, I, I buy vinyl and it's, it's crazy now. It's, you know, a, a a pre-order of something in a particular colour or a splatter vinyl or whatever that you know, an initial run can sell out in no time at all. So yeah, definitely worth it. I mean, it'd be vinyl. cool just to have, wouldn't it? In general, like I don't really have that just for like a keepsake, even for me. When I look back, when I'm old or dead, one of the two. <laughs> you know, don't know. No, I'll, I'll take I'll take one copy off your hands, and and I'll probably get rid of a couple more. So I, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll have number one or number two. You have number one. I'll have number two. He's sat on number one, but you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I've got to mention it's got like a dildo on the front. That's why I sat on it. Oh, I don't know why I said that, man. My brain doesn't sometimes like think. Some sunflowers, dildos, you know, yeah. whatever. whatever sort of we all get no, I'm, I'm quite familiar with the lack of filter. It's fine. Yeah. There's no filter on this podcast. I told you that at the start. So don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> Look, guys, it's been it's it's been it's been wicked fun. Um, thanks loads for coming on. Um, we will be seeing you again, uh, very soon, which we will talk about in in a few weeks' time. But um, yeah, it's been wicked fun. Good luck with the album for a start. Uh, I, I genuinely think it's going to be really well received. I think it's a fucking great album. You um you you you're coming into a sort of a a sound where you're 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 going to fill a bit of a gap. There's there's a few bands doing what you do, maybe, but you've got a sound that's quite unique. And I don't know, in this day and age, that's that's quite rare. So, yeah. you know, massive kudos to you. And, and I hope it all goes well for you. I really do. We're like a fucking, like a, I always say we're like a mongrel dog, like <laughs> a mix of kind of like a thrash dog, that fuck a doom dog, that fuck a death metal dog. Horrible fucking Everyone era. loves a mongrel dog. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know I mean, one ear up, one ear down, wonky eyes. Three legs, yeah, all of that, all of that. So, yeah, so like you know, three legs, yeah. like what, like a leg on the side or like a leg in the front? So it's like a Rob Robin Reliant, but it's <laughs> a Rob yeah, Robin one central leg, and then yeah. <laughs> when when you ask it to give it, when they ask it to shake hands, it's like that, you know. So <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 doesn't work on an audio podcast, but um, <laughs> but, but yeah, look, guys, genuinely, good luck with it. I I really hope it goes well, and and you know. Any and anybody who's listened to this who hasn't heard of Vermin Throne yet, go and have a listen to what's out at the minute. The album will be out in a few days. It'll be on, I'm assuming, Spotify, Apple Music, all the yeah, usual. Yeah, yeah Bandcamp as well, if you fancy sending some dosh rather than some money in your pocket. But yeah, exactly. It is what it is. Whatever you whatever whatever you listen to, it'll be on probably YouTube as well. Like whatever. It's just yeah. at the end of the day, like we're not making a living. So whatever you can Gotta say, I'd rather you listen to it than pay for it. Like, just because. fucking listen to it. <laughs> One of the things I like the most is like, and what I'm getting from Dan is there's a real, I'm liking the nonchalance. You know, there's there's there's, there's a real there's a darkness and a melancholy coming from you. I think that's gonna that's gonna fuel your progression as a band. Keep it going. <laughs> well, for me, well, yeah, yeah. that comes. Yeah, you haven't seen there's not much trauma to make you like a bit fucked in the head. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, yeah. Misery loves When I'm miserable on stage, I'm generally pretty miserable and I take myself to the darkest place I can get just to, yeah, just to fucking 
Yeah, that's what we all Therapeutic, have. man, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly like that. It. He's the best yeah. fucking therapy in the world. So, yeah. Um, right, on that note, um, I'll call that a night. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Like I, I said, <laughs> go and fucking go and fucking check out Vermin Throne and support British music. We, we harp on about this fucking almost every week, but there's so much great music out there, and anybody who says they're not is clearly not a true metal fan, so... If you if you don't yeah. listen to Berman Throne, I will be displeased, and you'll go on my shit list. <laughs> Everyone's That's on your shit list. We'll, 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 we'll send we'll, we'll we'll send you round for a political education. That that will make people listen in for a start. Well, Keep you away like, from people's houses. Stand on like a fucking tall thing of books with a noose around my neck, and for every person who doesn't listen, I'll kick one book off. Oh fuck me, that's bleak. <laughs> <laughs> Be very miserable, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, on that note, uh, yeah. No, listen, otherwise there won't be no vermin thrown in like a week. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. We don't even know how many books he's got in his house, so you know, he might not, not read. Yeah, not really. Yeah. That's it. I'm, I'm already on my Mister Ben books piled up. Oh, that's, that's this is getting, right. This is getting out. How many green eggs and hams <laughs> have you got? Uh, two weeks ago, we were talking about Celine Dion, and tonight it's been Taylor Swift and Mister Men books. So I think we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll call it a night um yeah that's that's yeah that's that uh thanks for listening we'll be back next week um with i have no idea what because anybody think we plan things in advance you're very much mistaken so but we will be back and uh as usual thanks for listening and stay metal see you next week <laughs>